Good morning, our Living on Purpose series. We're so glad to see you here this morning and thankful for those that are listening by podcast. Everyone say hello. So many people are being blessed and we're so glad you're here. This morning, I'm gonna speak on God's restoration package. God's restoration package. Anybody wanna hear about that this morning? And we've been teaching out of the book of Daniel each week, a different person for the few weeks I stay in Daniel will come up to bat. And today, Daniel comes up and King Nebuchadnezzar. And my sweet daddy was telling me yesterday afternoon that a preacher got up one time to talk about that and he couldn't remember Nebuchadnezzar's name, Nebuchadnezzar's name so he said, Nebi had a razor. So there you go. And uh, I was so thrilled that he can sometimes pull these things up. It just blesses me so, so much. I'm going to read out of Daniel 4, Daniel 4. And I'm going to quote out of Psalms 107. But Daniel 4, if you want to take a moment to go there. This is a marvelous testimony given by none other than King Nebuchadnezzar. I believe the Lord will speak to you. um, And he will encourage you greatly. So Daniel 4, Nebuchadnezzar the king to all peoples, nations, and language that dwell in all the earth. This is his personal testimony. He's quite dramatic. Peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the most high God has worked for me. Can you say amen? I think it's good when we declare the signs and wonders that God has performed for us. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. And his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And his dominion is everlasting from generation to generation. Can you say amen? Quoting from Psalms 107, 43b. And they will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. And they will see in your history when your life is done that God was faithful to you. Can you say amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, we welcome you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. May I publicly declare to you what you and I already know, but I must say it in humility. Only you and I know how much you help me. Anything that good that ever comes out of me, it's because of you, sir. Your intervention, your supernatural help. So, Spirit of the Lord, come as you always do and help your sons and daughters in this room. Speak to them even what I do not say. Come, Spirit of the Lord, and do what you do so powerfully. In Christ's name, and everyone said, amen. This uh, chapter of Daniel 4 should be uh, entitled Thriller, and we should break out Michael Jackson's dance. Come on, somebody. Because it is a thrilling chapter. You can't hardly believe this happens. There's a man who is living on purpose named Daniel in the worst conditions possible, and there's a king who's going to have the greatest, one of the greatest peripeties, which is a literary term for a divine reversal in Bible. Great testimonies encourage us. Can I get an amen? Keep telling your story. The gospel on your life is your testimony things that you've overcome things that he brought you through things that you've learned tell it people will learn to love the word but they usually learn to love the word through hearing your testimony first and then they learn to love the word this week i had an honor to speak at a home gathering for the daughter of our precious dean brown and in that room was some great people of faith but in that room was some people barely hanging on straddling the line between here and darkness and how glory 
glorious that I was able to tell in those few moments how Christ had brought me through. Don't tell us how you pulled yourself up by your own bootstraps. There's no intrigue in that kind of story. Rather tell us how God turned your life around. Rather tell us how God changed everything for you. Someone say hallelujah in this room this morning. Nebuchadnezzar gives his personal testimony, Mike. 24-7 news cable would have picked it up. It had been in that day. He tells his story, and he wants the whole world to know. I wanted to entitle this, The Gospel According to Nebuchadnezzar, but you have to market things on the Internet. So I said, God's, uh, pa- God's Restoration Package. But it's really his story, the story of God doing the impossible. Nebuchadnezzar risked everything to tell in chapter 4 how low he went. I'm going to tell you, we are never more impressed with you than when you tell us how low you went, but how high Jesus pulled you out. Come on, somebody. We are never more moved than when you tell us, First Lady Andrea, I'm going to get to y'all. I didn't forget you. When you tell us how God pulled you through. I had dinner one night with Pastor Tyrone and Andrea, and he was late. He didn't mean to be late, but he got caught up. He's a hospice chaplain. Hospice. What did I say? Hospice. You're not a hostage chaplain. Everyone say, he's not a hostage chaplain. And so Andrea was telling me her story while I was interrogating her. And I love to hear at one time how she was homeless in the Bronx. I love to hear how her mama and her had to let God pull their life around. I'm going to tell you, I was never more impressed with First Lady than that night at Jay Alexander's as she told her story. And I will never be more impressed with any of us than when we say This is what God did in my life. Someone give him a shout of praise in this room. God restores a divine peripety, a divine reversal. I love that 1 Peter 5 says, After you have suffered a while, the God of all grace who has called you will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever before. And he will set you firmly and build you up. I love that it says when he restores us, he makes us stronger than ever before. Can I get an amen? This morning, my prayer is that God himself will restore something to you. You thought you would never get back again. That he will heal a soul wound you thought you would never get over. That his power and his abundance and his joy and his hope will be poured out on you. For Jeremiah 30 and 7 says, I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds. Isaiah 61 and 7, instead of shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, you shall rejoice. Can I get an amen? I love that Joel 2 in the Message Bible says, I will restore to you the years that were stolen, and I will make up for the years that you suffered loss. Does anybody know anybody besides God that can not only heal you, restore you, and make up for the years of what you've gone through? Somebody give him praise in this house this morning. Daniel is living on purpose in Babylon. I ask you again this morning, if you had been living in Babylon as a captive, would you have thought God was finished with you in a place Daniel didn't want to be, 
in a city he didn't want to be, he continued to live on purpose and he changed the trajectory of Babylon. You see, Daniel was not a pastor. He was not a president. He was not a boss. He was not a minister. He was a captive. He was a prisoner. He was living in a foreign land. He did not want to be. You see, he was an influencer. And in modern social media, we try to, they, they, they try to partner with influencers that will sell their product with the best hyped up look and the best words. But when Jesus chooses us to be his influencer, he looks for those who were the least. He looks for those that weren't even the brightest. The Paul said, some of you were not wise. You were not intelligent. But God used the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God looked for those who would be dependent upon him. Those who would say, I'm not looking for better circumstances. I'm looking to be who God has called me to be. Daniel as a servant steadied the head of many kings. Daniel as a servant was so filled with the spirit he kept Babylon together till God could get his people out of Babylon when you walk into your job this week you walk into the power of the Holy Spirit and when you speak God brings blessings don't say I'm going to live my purpose when my marriage is perfect your marriage will never be perfect I'm going to live my purpose when I have more than two dollars and 22 cents in my checking account I've been there I've been minus 220 anybody with me God still uses us I'm not going to say when things get in order when my kids act like angels your kids will never act like angels when I make restitution with all men I'm working in recovery that we, we learn to make amends but sometimes I'm going to wait until everyone's at peace with me I'm going to tell you something some of us that didn't go through addiction everyone's not at peace with us and it hadn't stopped us a minute you've got to use your purpose your influence well I'm going to use my influence when I can get my mind completely together I mean if people knew what I thought they'd think I'm crazy none of us want to read each other's thoughts I'm going to tell you your thoughts will never be perfect and I love that God says in Psalms 139 I understand your thoughts are far off anybody but me ever had some crazy thoughts are far off but he still uses us give King Jesus a hand clap of praise well I will use my purpose when the results are exactly the way I want them to look good luck on living a non-purposeful life because if you put that kind of expectation upon God that when you use your gift, it's got to use it this way or that way. Whether you're scrubbing the commode, teaching children's ministry, you give a word to someone in the lobby. If they don't fall down and shaka baka, I'm never giving anyone a word again. I mean, they looked at me like I had seven heads. It's not on you how people respond to you. It's on you to be obedient. And when you put that kind of expectation, I was in England preaching several times, but one time particularly, it was a big theater. They were gathered from seven nations. I was there by myself with Kathy Payne and hundreds of women, interpreters through all the nations. It was fabulous. It was awesome. Once in a lifetime, but thank you, Lord God. I love the European nations. And they're gathered from all over. As I was climbing literally up the theater steps trying to pray for people, but everybody was pushing so hard in. Hundreds of wonderful women. I saw a woman that looked totally unaffected by what I was doing and I remember it kind of ugh. and I, I wanted to try to get to her the Holy Spirit said leave it to me three years later I went back to preach in the same conference and she was one of the women that picked me up I immediately recognized her. I thought what is this Lord some kind of cruel joke come on somebody then she said Pastor Rhonda you came here three years ago yes ma'am and you preached in that theater in Manchester yes ma'am 
She said, I want to tell you something. In that conference, I listened to you. You moved me, but I could not move myself. But I went home and I told my family, I'm going to live my life with firm conviction for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. There was no chill bumps. There was no goosebumps. There was no revival. There was no singing in the spirit. I firmly made a decision that my life would change. She said, Pastor Rhonda, I'm the coordinator of this European Nations Conference now. I'm telling you, I had to shout out hallelujah somebody give the Lord praise we live for eternity not for a momentary expectation the Hebrews writer they all walk their walk of faith those people that are listed in Hebrews 11 not seeing result I'm asking you right now what can you do right now what can you use that you have right now Daniel was a captive uh, Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the very king that destroyed the nation Nehemiah wanted to rebuild David hung out in caves Joseph got a revelation in the dungeon Daniel changed the trajectory of Babylon and kept God's people safe until God could get them home I'm going to tell you God surprises us with who he uses if I was God I wouldn't use me don't you say amen to that about me I wouldn't use me I wouldn't I often tell him why he said because I chose you yesterday he and I were having some talk about the last day revival I can't divulge that right now later and uh, I was saying some things and he said yes you will yes you will yes you will just like you are right now I'm going to tell you God used a donkey to rebuke the prophet God commissioned a raven to carry meat to Elijah God used a cock-a-doodle-doo rooster to re to rebuke Peter if God can use a donkey if God can use a rooster if God can use a raven then God can use you and I give him a shout of praise you never know that when God's going to reveal a powerful truth. Most life-altering moments of your life probably have not happened now. They've not happened now, but God continually used Daniel. And I want to tell you something. God held the place of the Messiah. In fact, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream in chapter 2, and he can't interpret it. I'll talk about that in a moment. But it reveals Jesus Christ as the cornerstone. The cool thing about it is that God is so powerful in God's restoration package he holds your place while you're going through a detour. He holds your place while you're distressed. He holds your place while you're out sinning and clubbing. Come on, somebody. He holds your place while you're away. God held the place of Jesus the Messiah who would come through the tribe of Judah according to the Old Testament. And when Israel went into Babylon, into captivity, it says in Matthew, in the time of captivity, these three sons were born that were great-grandparents of Jesus Christ God will hold your place till you can get your life together and there'll be no ground lost don't you listen to the words of the enemy that says you've lost ground you've got to make it up you've lost time you have not God is able to hold your place until the moment is ready somebody give him a shout of praise in this house so Nebuchadnezzar, to lead to where we're going, has that awful dream in chapter 2. And unlike most of us that say, hey, you know, we all give each other our dreams. Can you help me interpret this? He said to his astrologers, his divinators, his magicians, all the little satanic horoscope readers, hello. He calls them in and sees if they can tell him what the dream is. It's one thing to say, hey, Michael, I had a dream. But it's another to say, hey, Michael, tell God to tell you what I dreamed and then interpret it. Come on, somebody. 
And this was going on. But it was said that Daniel, listen to me, had the power of wisdom, which in the Hebrew Aramaic means loosening of knots, loosing of difficulties, loosening of knots and loosing difficulties. I'm going to tell you, the Spirit of God was upon Daniel, but that was Old Testament. The Holy Spirit lives in you. When you walk into your workplace tomorrow, you have the anointing to untie some knots. You have the anointing to figure out what other people can't figure out your boss says I can't figure this out you say that's okay you don't even have to say I pray maybe they wouldn't receive that give me a minute you go in your office you shut the door and say and then you say help me Lord maybe you're, you're calmer I'm a little dramatic help me Lord give me the wisdom to figure this out and God gave him the wisdom he got the dream he solved it and I'm going to tell you God said through Nebuchadnezzar you serve God the God who is the revealer of mysteries and someday you will see your life all put together and you will realize that the revealer of mysteries made a way where there was no way and it will all make sense hallelujah in this house this morning hallelujah give him a praise Daniel interpreted that dream which led to where we are but I want to tell you something Daniel was always giving God praise let me tell you something I'll say that again let me tell you something you will never go wrong with taking a moment to say thank you Jesus Many times when I go in my front door after services or meetings with elders or whatever, I drop to my knees. I don't mind telling you. No one's there to see it. And I weep before I can ever get to my steps in my little beautiful home. And I cry out and I say, praise your holy name. Praise your holy name for you and I alone know you did it all, Lord. And I will weep and I will cry. We won't ever fail when we stop for just a moment. You see, the heads were going to roll. And Daniel was trying to save all the wise men. And she, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, he could have just run like, I got to go tell him right now. You know, we're such an urgent people. You will never go wrong taking a moment to say, God's given me the answer. I know the solution. But before I go and present it to another soul, I'm going to, in the quietness of my moment, say thanks be to God who has given me triumph that every good thing comes from his hand someone give him a shout of praise in this house for Exodus 13 and 4 says when you talk about what God has done for you and your children ask you how did we get here how do we have a roof on our head why are we at peace when other people are confused why are we going through the fire and we're holding on to God but they're not and they're doing all this you say because by strength of the hand of the Lord is what God says you're never to take credit for what is accomplished you're to say it is God who has given this family peace it is God who has put the roof over our head it is God who has done everything that we could not do yes your mama worked yes your daddy worked that's important for those little lazy children to know can I get an amen yes we worked but it was God Daniel said praise be to the name of God forever for he raises up and gives wisdom and he has done marvelous things has God done any marvelous things for anybody in this room why don't you shake off you're doing great why don't you give him the best praise this morning come on why don't you put your hands together like your ball team just won why don't you give a shout unto God why don't you give him praise why don't you tell him Lord I am with you hallelujah hallelujah hallelujah
Praise his holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. From heaven's perspective, you are never taller than when you're on your knees. That's the tallest you'll ever be to the Lord. But you see, Daniel had given all these things to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar saw Jesus in the fire. We just He didn't know it was Jesus, but he knew somebody was walking with three Hebrew children. He had seen all this. But right here in chapter 4, he's still not gotten it. I want to say to you this morning as I slow this down for a moment, Christ often, much to our chagrin and our heartbreak, calls us to remain a voice of truth in someone's ear when we see no visible evidence of the effectiveness of our words. He calls us when we don't see anything moving. And he says, keep believing. You know, the people in ministry, people say, they only call you when, you, when they need something. Sometimes the Hope House girls, when they leave Hope House girls, they leave Hope House, they will, someone will say, well, they only called me when they need me. And I said, and Pastor Klein always said, well, just thank God they called you. Just thank God they called you. I don't mind at all receiving sometimes heartbreaking messages from prodigals through all kind of venues. I haven't heard from them in years. Maybe I gave them the best of myself. And they'll say, Pastor Ron, please help me. Christ calls us to remain a voice. Doesn't mean we don't have boundaries. But Daniel hung in there. It had to be at times more responsibility than he wanted. Dealing with difficult people is hard. Amen. Dealing with difficult people is hard. Amen. Especially when you're the difficult one. Woohoo! And God hangs in there with me, doesn't he, with you? He hangs in there. Like Daniel, we are powerless to force people to get understanding. We can't make them get it. One of the biggest statements I heard of Pastor Hank say over and over again through all the years. Sorry. To parents of addicts. He said they've just not hit rock bottom yet. When they hit rock bottom, they're going to look up. We can't force it on them. We can be kind. We can um, pray for the scales to fall off their eyes. We can pray for their heart to be moved, but we can't force them. So Nebuchadnezzar has seen all this glory, kind of like the children of Israel when God said, I've, I've parted the sea for you. I lowered the walls of Jericho for you, but you still don't believe me. Sometimes you got to say to your own self and remind yourself what God, I will sing. Of the goodness of God. You have been faithful. You have been so, so good. And every moment I am waiting. Faithful word. I will sing of the goodness of God. Sing it again. For all my life. All my life you have been faithful. I will sing of the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just lift a hand and praise him for one moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. But Nebuchadnezzar did not get the goodness then. And he says in Daniel 4 and 4, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at home in my palace, contented and prosperous. I had a dream that made me afraid. I was lying in bed, and images and visions passed through my mind that terrified me. He runs back to his astrologers, his enchanters. They didn't get it right the first time, but he runs back to them. It's amazing how many times we return to the people that cause us the most pain. 
It's amazing how we return to worthless things like alcohol and substance, sexual immorality, pornography, dependency on the internet. I could just keep going. Um, stress. We run back to overeating, whatever it is. There's a lot of things there. Things that only caused us pain before and did not solve it. But we run right back to it once again. And he runs back to them. They still can't get it. So then he calls in Belshazzar. That's who he called Daniel. It was not his name. And he told him the dream. He said, I stood, I stood there and a big tree stood in the middle of the land. Its height was enormous. The tree grew large and strong and its top touched the sky. It was visible to the ends of the earth. Its leaves were beautiful. Its fruit was abundant. And on it was food for all. And under it, the wild animals found shelter and the birds lived. In the vision I saw while lying in bed, I looked and there before me was a holy one, a messenger coming down from heaven. He called in a loud voice, cut down the tree. Trim off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the animals flee from under and the birds, but let the stump and its roots be bound with iron and bronze. Remain in the ground and let him be drenched with the dew of heaven and live like the animals. Let his mind be changed from that of a man to that of an animal until seven years has passed. And Nebuchadnezzar was troubled. He called in Daniel. And Daniel, with, he called in Daniel because I'm going to tell you, people know they may make fun of you at work. They may question your Christianity. But I bet when they're in a hard place, they want you to pray for them. I bet when they don't want, no, I'm sending good vibes. Don't send me good vibes. I'm not a hippie. Don't send me good vibes. If you want to do something, pray, pray. Daniel changed. I will pray for you. I will, I'm telling you, heathens will receive those words. People who hate God will receive those words. Because when they're in the gutter, when they're down, they won't not a moment of silence. Let's have a moment of silence for the needs of the people in this room. No, I'm going to storm heaven for you. I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. I'm going to declare what the word says. I'm going to tell you people will reach out to you. And Nebuchadnezzar reached out to Daniel. Someone say amen. And I'll calm down here. And he says, your majesty, you are the tree. Oh, it gets me. He said it with such tact. Tact is definition. And we all need a little bit more of this is the sense of what is fitting and considerate for the other person. With tact, he says, your majesty, you are the tree. We've got to learn to preach to people with a broken heart. Like, well, Jesus flipped those tables. He did that one time. Don't take one thing out of the word without measuring up against the other things, right? I'm going to flip me some tables too. I want to flip these chairs in here and tell these people they're hypocrites. I'm going to go over there tomorrow and rip down the office. When you do that, you're going to be fired. My husband had a classic story he told from the first time I remarried him as an evangelist until the time he went to heaven of the unsaved husband. They went to church on a Sunday morning and a Sunday night. His wife had prayed for years. Sunday morning, a man preached on hell. Sunday night, another man preached on hell. He was unmoved Sunday morning, but the Sunday night, he walked to the altar crying. She said, later, that man this morning preached on hell. I thought you'd get saved. And he goes, no, no, no. He preached like he wanted me to go there. The one that preached tonight preached in tears. 
that he didn't want me to go there. I'm going to tell you, we've got to learn to speak to the brokenhearted and the damaged people with such tact and such beauty and such love in such a degree like this is breaking my heart. Whenever I've had to be in part of a discipline action with anyone ever, and don't misunderstand that. It's not enough time. Sometime I'll talk about that. It's with tears streaming down my face. I saw my husband many times sit with people while they asked him to look in the Word for certain things, and he would cry the whole time he did it. He was not slamming his hand on a pulpit and with anger in his eyes. No judgment. You're all going to go there. That's what the, the disciples wanted. But Jesus said, that's not the way we work here. Can you give King Jesus a praise for that? From a broken heart and from love. And this is what he said. This is the interpretation, your majesty. And this is the decree the Most High has made against you. You will be driven away from people and you will live with animals. You will eat grass like a cow. You'll be drenched with the dew. Seven years will pass until you acknowledge the name of the Most High God. But the command is to leave the stump of the tree, we'll get to that in a moment, with its roots, meaning that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Then Daniel says you can hear the brokenness in his body. I'm not going to hit the pulpit anymore. Look at your neighbor and say, you're okay, you're safe in here. I'm not going to do that anymore. Scared half of you, like, ooh, she's little, but she got a force to her. We're going to leave the stump in the root. And your kingdom will be restored. But your majesty, your majesty, your majesty. Listen, renounce your sins by doing what is right. And your wickedness by being kind to the poor. It may be then your prosperity will continue. He said, renounce. Daniel gave the king a possible solution with a warning that could stop this nightmare. Break it off before it breaks you off. Cut it off before it cuts you off. The word renounce in, in Hebrew is perus, and it means to break off your sins. It means to break things off that hold us down. The Hebrews writer, let us run the race and fall off and throw off the sin that so easily weighs us down. What does that mean, Pastor Ronda? Well, I knew she's going to talk to the sinners. Wish I'd brought one this morning. No, I'm talking to everyone. I just wish so-and-so would be here. They really need this word. Oh, no, you need this word. I need this word. Cut off bitterness. Cut off envy. Cut off stress and fear and, and sowing strife against another sister or brother in the house. Genesis 27 and 40 said, when you grow restless, you will throw that yoke off. When you say enough is enough, some things don't need to be cut back. They need to be cut off. If you don't deal with your stuff, your stuff will deal with you. It's easier to deal with other people's stuff. It's easier to say, well, I just wish Sally Jo would get that together, what's going on in her mind. And the Lord said, no, I just want to help you deal with your stuff. I, we want to push it down, pull it underneath the rug. And sometimes when people are trying to cut back, they'll say, Pastor Ron, he's trying to kill me. I said, he is not trying to kill you. He's trying to kill it. He's trying to heal you. He's trying to kill it, and he's trying to heal you. He's saying, you're saying, well, I can put this down anytime I want. He says, no, I want to heal you. Often we say, Lord, don't make me deal with that. Don't make me work with that. Don't make me mess with that. Mike, you want to come play for me? Come on, give Mike a hand. And Josh and Chris will join you. Chris and I, Josh and I have talked about this. I'm just preaching calmly. I'm not going to try to shake the rafters. Not yet, anyway. But God says, cut this off before it cuts you off. Look at your neighbor and say, deal with your stuff before your stuff deals with you. So he's given him an option. He's given him a solution. Deal with it, Nebuchadnezzar. 
The other thing he says to him that I want to say to this church body, and I must move toward this end. I've got a little way to travel, so don't think I'm there yet at all. Pastor Tyrone and First Lady Andrea are here today. And we don't ever in this house want to lose touch with the poor. That's what Nebuchadnezzar got in trouble for. He had all this stuff going for him. But he lost his consciousness about the poor and the hurting. We want to be kind to the oppressed. The Hebrew word means to have mercy to the poor. He had detached himself from that. And Nebuchadnezzar said, maybe, Daniel said, Nebuchadnezzar, maybe if you remember the poor. You see, Isaiah 58 says, if you spend yourself in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, your light will rise. Everyone say, your light will rise in darkness. This church lives by an Isaiah 58, 11 fast. And that is to show mercy. We've brought in food today. I've brought an offering today for Deke Ministries. We've got canned goods the church bought and other things. Because we want to remember those. Nothing will heal you and cure self-absorption than to care for someone else. We get so absorbed. Me and my needs, me and my field. My time is precious. You go ahead and help the poor, but my time is precious. I've got things to do. I've got places to be. Oh, Jesus. Christ has no body on earth but yours. He has no hands but yours. He has no feet but yours. Yours are the eyes through which Christ has compassion for the world to look at. I love it when I'm, one time I was casting a demon out of someone, and after it went, they said, don't be amazed by that. I don't ever want to do that again. But they looked at me in the eye, and they said, I see Jesus. And I thought, how they could ever see Jesus in me is beyond me, as they were trying to kill themselves and blood covering their body. But that is the way Jesus makes it happen. Bob Pierce, the founder of World Vision, Pastor Tyrone, said, God, why don't you do something about all the poor? Why don't you do something about all the hurting? Oh, it sounds good, Mike. Why don't you do something? And he said, God looked at him and said, why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you do something to help those? And that's why we invest in you. We do the Isaiah 58 and 11. I'm so sorry of your loss, Sister Andrea. I'm praying for you. We invest in you. The other thing is he lost his consciousness of poverty of spirit. When was the last time you just dropped to your knees and said, God, I don't know where I'd be without you. I don't know who I would be. Where on earth, holy God, you know it's so true. Would I be without you? I'm destitute without you. I'm without you. Nothing. God opposes the proud. You know the six things that God hates, the seventh is abomination, his hate list. Pride is number one. Pride says me, what I need, what I must have to have. But God says in James 4 and 6, through his son James, God opposes the proud, but he will always give grace to the humble. Someone just lift your hand and say, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You deserve the glory. Oh my gosh, you're singing my very favorite song. And the honor. He had no idea. Sing it and then we'll finish. Lord, I lift, lift my, my hands, hands in worship. As I lift your holy name. You deserve the glory. All the glory. And the honor. Lord, I lift my hands in worship 
as I lift your holy name. For you are great. Come on, sing it. You the miracle so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. For you are great. You the miracle so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one like you. Amen. We're going to come back to that. Just tell Jesus you love him. We're going to come back to that. You had no idea. That's my very favorite worship song in the whole world. I know it was. Hallelujah. Whew. Let's finish this so we can worship. All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar that 12 months later he was walking across his wall and he said, all these things I've built, all these things I've done. And he built the hanging gardens, one of the eighth wonders of the world for his wife. And all of a sudden the voice decreed from heaven exactly what would happen. And immediately he lost his mind. He was driven away from the people. He ate like an ox. His body was drenched with dew. And he lived. I want you to understand this is a technical term called lycanthropy. Probably mastering that, but anyway. He had mattered hair like feathers for seven years. He walked around with a chain in a fence. He ate grass. Nails as long as a claw. I want you to understand it's like President Reagan to not be political. That happened to him for seven years. That's what it was. His enemy said, oh, we got him. There's no way back. He's done. He's done from ruling in royalty, walking the walls of Babylon. Once he had it so good, God's restoration package is what I'm talking about. He had servants. He had music. But now he's rejected by all. But I'm going to tell you on the worst day of your life, you will find God writing you a note in that moment and say, listen, I love you right now. He won't wait till you're looking good. He will write you a moment in the, write you a note in the worst moment and say, I love you. Someone say hallelujah. But see, the heavenly messenger had decreed that the chain, he would be chained. Why is this? I'm going to try to do all this by memory. God always puts limits on what you go through. When you were wandering in sin, God said, devil, you will go only so far. You, I have set limits on what can be done to my son or my daughter. When you were on drugs, were you in sin? Are you like me, went through a detour, forsook God, whatever that looked like you? God put a chain, hallelujah, in the spirit realm and said to the devil, they're away from me right now, but I'm putting a limit on what you can do to them or how you can touch them because I will restore them. I will lift them up. I will bring them back. I will bring their mind back. I will do what I have promised to do. Someone give King Jesus all the praise. You see, he took off the garment of the king and he put on the sackcloth but God said I'm limiting it and everyone said oh no it's over for him but Psalms 33 and 3 thou O Lord art shield about me you are the glory and the lifter of my head Psalms 33 and 20 says oh soul wait for the Lord he is your help and your shield in your sin and your detour and your disobedience God said I will contend with those who contend with you Job 14 and 7 which I won't tell my husband's story about his tree but even if a tree has no hope if it is cut down it will sprout again says the Lord when 
when the scent of water hit it, the scent of water began to hit Nebuchadnezzar after seven years. Like the psalmist said, listen to my testimony. I cried to God in my distress and he answered me. When I had nothing and I was desperate and defeated, I cried out to the Lord and he heard me. He brought me his miracle deliverance. The angel of the Lord stooped down to listen as I prayed and the angel circled me and kept me. He will do this for all who fear him. Hallelujah. Somebody praise him. You can stand all over this house. Praise him. Listen. He said, I will praise the most high God and lift my hands. Joel, come help me. Just stand right here. You see, Jesus is so powerful that he held the place of Nebuchadnezzar. Because there was another king. While Nebuchadnezzar was insane, no one tried to take his kingdom. This is not a marketing guru kingdom. This is Jesus' kingdom. We're not trying to step over people to get up. We're not to push people out of side so we can self-promote ourselves. This is King Jesus' kingdom. What belongs to you, he will hold in place until the time that is given to you. No man, no woman, no person will push out what God has prepared for you. Somebody give him a praise. So he's delivered from living like an animal. And he could have said, 2,555 days he lived as an animal. 19,152 hours, 364 weeks. He could have said, it's enough that I'm not an animal anymore. I'll just come back and I'll wear a servant's robe. And I'll clean the animal stalls. At least I'm not an animal anymore. Sometimes we do that with God. Well, thank you that you saved me. I'll just pick up leftovers. And just, you know, I'll just be down here. Little me. Little me. I'll just live in a shack, Nebuchadnezzar could have said. Behind the servant's corner. But no, he said at that same hour, my honor, honor, and my splendor returned. Everyone say honor and splendor. You could have said there's no shame anymore. That's enough. But like a telecommercial, no, there's more. No, there's more. There's more. Because my advisors and my nobles sought me out. You see, he took off the gunny sack like the prodigal came home and said I'll just tend as a servant and God said you will never be that I will robe you with holy garments I will clothe you in garments of righteousness says the Lord hallelujah he could have said that's it no his kingdom was returned to him everything as if it had never ever happened and I Nebuchadnezzar was restored to my throne and I Michael Cook was restored to my place in the kingdom and I Misty Haggard was restored to my place in the kingdom God's favor God's promotion you see just like the prodigal God doesn't say to us and Nebuchadnezzar lived out his life God doesn't say no here's just a little leftover those people in that section they get the good stuff but you just get a cracker you just get a low living everything you've done we're gonna put you back there no the father said no son here is my royal robe 
if I had a ring that would fit him, I'd have put it on his hand. Here's my royal ring, for my son was dead. But now he is back. I'm going to tell you, God's restoration package today gives you back, and I'm done, what the enemy stole. It gives you back your children that the enemy stole. It gives you back your grandchildren that the enemy stole. It gives you back your health that the enemy stole. It gives you back your freedom of mind. It gives you back the peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. God's benefit package does it all. Give him the best praise in this house. Come on. Come on. Give him the best praise in this house. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just one more time before we worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So we're going to worship. God's restoration package is here for you. No one in this room is exempt. He's holding your place. He's holding your place. I want to say again, this is the kingdom of Christ. We do not bully for position. We serve one God. His name is King Jesus. Now, let's sing. If some of the other team wants to join them to sing, but let's sing. Let's worship. You want to come forward? Come forward. Come you forward. are awesome in this place. Mighty God. Come on, come on, step out and worship. You are awesome, awesome in this place. Abba Father. You are worthy of all praise. To, to you our life we raise. You are awesome in this place. My